Hey, what is going on, guys? It's DK. Back at you with another video here. Uh, to bring the two-game NBA main slate on Tuesday. Before I get into the video, if you guys are new to the channel, my name's DK. I make daily videos breaking out NBA, NFL, PGA, and esports. Daily fantasy sports slates. Uh, before I get into the analysis, um, I do want to say thank you guys again for all support. Currently at 4.45 thousand subscribers. Uh, going to try to hit 5K by the end of the month. Uh, not looking like it's going to happen, but... Uh, the easiest way to support me right now, guys, is uh, since it's all free content, just leave a like button on the video, uh, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already, and hit the notification bell. Just so you know when I go live, you know when I upload videos. Also, if you can't watch the videos, I do also upload on Apple Podcasts. The link is in the description below, which is the DKDFS, the DKDFS show. But uh, with that out of the way, let's jump into the videos. Before we get into players' prices for this two-game slate, what we can do quickly, look back in my lineup here from Monday's slate. So Monday... Um, Let's go over my lineup. Um, obviously, you guys saw I went with Ken Birch there, 0.9% owned. Um, so let's talk about that play, right? I mentioned, you know, Orlando was really, really thin. Um, and he was a guy that if the game blew out, he would have got extended. And he's like a solid point per minute guy. So what I was hoping for there was I really wanted the blowout. Now, it still boggles my mind that like, this Milwaukee team does not blow out Orlando. Like, I don't understand. I literally do not understand how the Magic keep these games competitive. It just, it really doesn't make sense to me. Um, sure, the play didn't work out there. It was 1% on play, but it was a shot as one to take. If everything goes right and Birch plays those last 10 minutes in garbage time, then I get a 1% on play that has 30 fancy point upside. So, yeah, it was a really risky play. I told you guys, do not play him in cash, but... I pivoted to him at the last second, um, kind of talked myself into him. Do I regret it? No. It, again, it was it was a calculated risk. Uh, I originally had Jay Crowder and, and KCP in there. Obviously, that would have been better than Ennis and Birch. Ennis's minutes went way down too. Um, just the I just really wish like DraftKings would take the Magic Bucks game off the slate because there's such a headache. Um, the point guard situation I mentioned, you know, Fultz would be really low owned. He was the guy that had the good game. Uh, if you want DJ Augustine, I feel for you. I know a lot of people played Fultz the last couple of, of slates and then Augustine today. It's just the worst possible feeling. It's like what happened with me with James Harden. I played Harden the first three slates looking for that upside. I mentioned, you know, this is the lowest zone we'll ever get Harden. I just, I like the balance approach. Of course, Brogdon's having his floor game. Um, and then Harden goes for 80 when I don't play him. It just makes you want to literally, uh, rip your hair out. It is that frustrating. Um, that, that happens. Uh, and I know, again, I know a lot of people that happened with, uh, with Augustine today, they played Fultz last couple slices and they went to Augustine and then it was Fultz that had the good game. Me, I, I play hard in the first three slates, doesn't have the upside game. I finally fade him and he goes for 80. Yeah, uh, tough one there. Uh, but let's go over the other the other parts of my lineup. I mentioned, you know, Brogdon was going to be high-owned. That was the only reason why I wasn't – that was the only, like, downside with him. Uh, he is really having a four game. Two rebounds, five assists, six points. Um, expected a little bit more now. There's still time left, but we'll see. Uh, Schroeder was a guy, you know, I, I mentioned all the OKC guards I had interest in. I just went to Schroeder because he was the cheapest. Um and then, yeah, Bam and Abayo. I, I liked, you know, 10% on Bam and Abayo. I'll take that all day long. Uh, so, you know, that that was uh, a little bit surprising. But, you know, a lot of people do go to Jimmy Butler at a similar price. And then Drogic I mentioned as well. Um, and then I have AD and Crusoe in the late night hammer. 
I mean, I'm going to need need a big game here out of Bam and Drogic uh, to, to to make me have a chance in tournaments because you know the Ennis Birch play really hurt. Uh, just that, that Magic game is just such a headache. Um, but yeah, that's the look back there, guys. So uh, let's go over the two game slate today. Uh, Jazz Nuggets. It's a two twenty and a half over under. Jazz are three point favorites, and the Mavs Clippers. It's a two thirty six over under. Clippers are six and a half point favorites. So. The uh, the big news, obviously, is what's going to happen with Porzingis. Now, I mentioned it the last time out that I was going to play Luka if he got rolled in. I didn't, and uh, he went for 90 fancy points. I told you guys that was the lowest owned we're ever going to get Luka. If Porzingis is out, you you, you got Luka at 5% last slate. You're probably going to get Luka at 95% this slate. So it's going to be way, way different. Uh, yeah, he's a game-time decision for Porzingis. If he plays, he makes for an interesting contrarian play. Um, you know, definitely wouldn't be like a cash game play, but are you going to really play cash on a two-game slate? Probably not. So I'll talk most of this video in, in you know, GPP uh, terms. Um, so, yeah, I don't think a lot of people get to him if he plays. Obviously, the knee injury is worrisome. Um, but he's a guy that can go for 50-plus for sure. So just contrarian play, I don't think he would be, you know, my first stud in my lineup. Jokic is at 9-4. Um, so, he played 39 minutes. Denver ran a really tight rotation, something they different than they had in the first three games. Uh, they ran an eight-man rotation, and the starters all got huge run. Um, we had Jamal Murray go absolutely nuts. I was really high on him last slate. He went for 80. He saved me last night going for 80 fancy points at low ownership. Um, I think we get low ownership on Jokic in this one because if Porzingis is out, everyone's going to play Luka Doncic. I think a lot of people will get to Kawhi. I think people will, will chase the Jamal Murray game, and Jokic just goes under the radar. So we're not going to get like a 50, what did Jamal, Jamal Murray go, like 50, 10, and like 7 or something. I forget what his exact stat line was, but we're not going to get that again. Like the usage is going to be spread out a little bit more. So a guy like Nikola Jokic is going to fly under the radar. He just is. People will look at the recent game, and it's all—it's the same thing every single day, guys. Whoever has the big game will just be higher on the next slate. So Jokic, I kind of like for a contrarian option. He's still at 47 fancy points when Jamal Murray completely took over that game. Jokic has games where he will take over, and the upside is 60-plus on him. Gobert's at 7-6. Um, yeah, I, I'm just not doing it. He has to have one of those games where he has like four or five blocks to get you there. So I'm going to pass and go bear. Avicii Zubak, I just don't know what Doc Rivers is doing with the rotations right now. It goes from 18 to 30 to 22 minutes. I have no idea what, what the minutes are going to be like for him. If he gets closer to 30, then I absolutely love him at this price. But I think there's a chance he gets limited to 20. So this is a tricky one. I like the upside if the minutes will be there. But right now... Trying to figure out what Doc Rivers is going to do with this rotation is just a headache. So it's a it's a tricky one, but I do like his upside if he does get extended. Now we got guys like Kleber and Boban. So these would two, be two value plays I would like quite a bit if Porzingis is out. Uh, Kleber does get a pretty big boost uh, playing the center spot. He played 37 minutes. Now didn't do a whole lot, but 25 fans points. It's not bad for a guy at 4-2. I think the upside is a little bit higher if he starts the center again if Porzingis is out. So I would have interest in Kleber. And I'll have Anderson Boban. The minutes on Boban won't be as high, but he probably gets somewhere around 15-ish minutes, maybe a little bit more. And he's a really good point-per-minute guy. So 
The two value centers for Dallas, Boban and, and Max Kleber, two guys I would look to for sure if uh, Porzingis is out. Montreza 4-1, it's just going to be a pass to me. Just the minutes are not there on him right now. Um, yeah, I can't do it until I see him play minutes into the mid-20s. And Mason Plumley, he only played like nine minutes. Yeah, but the minutes aren't high enough on him. Uh, Jamal Green, same thing. Not high enough for me to consider him. And that's it. So let's talk about power forward. Michael Porter Jr. is at 5'7". The price came down, but he's coming off the bench and only played 23 minutes. Right now, it's a fade for me. Uh, if Denver uses that same starting lineup, which I think they're going to, of Jamal Murray, Mate Morris, um, Jeremy Grant, Millsap, and Jokic, then, yeah, I'm just not going to get to Michael Porter Jr. Uh, so right now, he's a pass for me. Marcus Morris at 5'6". I just think he's fine. The minutes will be there on him, 34, 35-ish minutes. Uh, there's a lot of high-usage guys in this offense. Kawhi, Paul, George, Lou Williams, you know, Zubak, even Montrezl Harrell when he's out there. So I, I just think he's fine. I think he's priced about right. If you land in him as last piece, no issue. Don't know if I'm going to go out of my way to play him, but I think he's okay. The Denver guys are interesting here with both Millsap and Grant. Like, I was off Millsap uh, just because of the minutes, 18 and 17, even in blowouts. But 35 minutes from him last game. If we get 35 minutes again from Paul Millsap, even at 5K, I have interest. Um, and I also have interest in Jamie Grant at 4.7. The minutes were way up on him, 36. So I think the ownership will probably go to Millsap. I don't mind getting to Grant. If he's going to be lower owned, they're very similar. Millsap's probably the better offensive player. But Jeremy Grant's a guy that can get you those blocks, uh, get you those steals. So it's a close one. I might give the edge to Grant just because I think he might be lower owned than Millsap. Um DFS, so his role doesn't really change. The minutes will still be there. He's out there for his defense. I think he's fine, but don't know if the upside is massive on him. Royce O'Neal had a really bad game, but again, we're not going to get that massive game from Donald Mitchell, most likely. I don't know what Denver's doing defensively. They just continue to let Donald Mitchell you know, run that pick and roll to perfection. Like I, Denver's got to change things defense, defensively. I don't get it, but... Yeah, same thing with Jamal Murray, right? We're most likely not going to get that massive game from Jamal Murray again. We're most likely not going to get that massive game from Donald Mitchell, even though he has two uh, massive games in the last four. Um, so if Donald Mitchell comes back to earth, then there's more usage for these other guys. But you're no longer getting the discount, right? 4-5 for Royce, and he's out there for his defense. He's a guy that can get you 25 to 30 fancy points, but... Don't know if he has that GPP winning upside at his price. Like I think I like the upside a bit more on those Denver guys, like a Millsap, like a Jeremy Grant. Niang's at 3-5. I don't think we have to do it. Just the minutes aren't high enough on him. Don't play Morgan. MKG did play a bit, but not a guy I would consider even at 3-3. Three, three. Uh, and, and that's it for me. So let's talk about small forward now. Luka Doncic is going to be, he went from one of the lowest owned plays. Again, I, I mentioned that last time. We're going to, this was lowest owned, we'll ever get Luka. Uh, and now he's going to be probably the highest owned. Like if, if Porzingis gets ruled out, Luka Doncic is going to be like 90% owned on the slate. The upside is obviously massive, right? 92 fancy points. Um, not a whole lot of down, not a lot of whole, a whole lot of downsides, uh, you know, bad things to say about him. If Porzingis is out, I'm probably just going to play him which most people will, just because he's the do-it-all guy, obviously, and his upside goes way up when Porzingis is out. If Porzingis is in, I think there is merit to fade, because the ownership's going to be high no matter what after the last game. Right? Uh, you know, he was 5%, and now he's going to be, like, 95 if Porzingis is out. If Porzingis is in, I think we probably get, like, 
70%-ish from Doncic. So there, it, there would be merit to fade if Porzingis is in. If Porzingis is out, I think it's just a plug-and-play. Uh, I'll probably just eat the chalk there. Um, Kawhi Leonard's at 10K. Another guy I think will be very popular because Paul George just could not hit a shot. So Kawhi Leonard's been the guy. Uh, he's had over 50 fantasy points in all four games so far in this series. So I think he's going to be very popular. I have no issue getting to Kawhi Leonard. Right, The minutes are there. The production is there. I think he's a really solid play if you can get to him. Paul George is interesting, right? Because been shooting the ball absolutely terrible. 4 of 17, 3 of 16, 3 of 14. Does he finally have a good shooting day? I don't know. But what I do know is he's going to be super low owned. So are you willing to take the risk? Right? Are you willing to go to Paul George? I know it's tough going off those last three games, but this is a guy that has 50 fancy point upside when playing well. He just has not been shooting the ball well, and no one is going to play him on this slate. Even on a two-game slate, no one's going to play Paul George. So my question to you is, are you willing to take that risk? He's going to be low-owned. He shot the ball terribly. I don't think he continues to shoot the ball like 20% from the field. Like they, The shot attempts are there. The rebounds are there. The, the steals are there. The assists are there. It's just he's not making shots. So, yeah, I like him for GPPs just because no one's going to play him. Tim Hardaway Jr. is at 5'8". He would become uh, a guy I would at least consider in the mid-range if Porzingis is out. If Porzingis is in, I just don't want to get Tim. Too score independent, right? So um, I'll pass if Porzingis is in. Guy I would consider Porzingis is out. Ingles at 5'1". is an interesting contrarian play, right? Because he was... I've never seen a floor like that on Joe Ingles. In 35 minutes, 6 fancy points. Like I said, we're, not, we're most likely not going to get that absolutely massive game from Donald Mitchell again. I think... You know, more usage is going to go to guys like Ingles, guys like Conley, a guy like Clarkson off the bench. So this is strictly like a GPP play because no one is going to play Joe Ingles after the last game. I don't think he really stands out, but he's probably going to be 5% owned. And you have to get different to win a GPP on a two-game slate. Maybe you go to a Paul George who's been shooting terribly. Maybe you go to an Ingles who I don't really think stands out at his price, but if he does have that upside game, if he can knock down those threes and he's like 5% owned, that's a play that could win you a GPP. So yeah, it doesn't really stand out, but the only reason I kind of have interest is because I know he's going to be super, super low owned. Shamet's at 3-6. I don't know. I think he's okay. Like we're going to get 20 to 25 minutes from him. He's just a low, low usage guy. Like, he has a really, really low... He has a floor of, like, 10 fancy points. So, if you really need a punt play, I don't hate it, but I don't think, like, I'm going to go out of my way to play Landry Shamit. Uh, Torrey Craig is basically the same thing. The Mets went down on him, too, after being off the starting lineup. So, I, I think you just cross him off. I don't even think it's worth a shot there. And that's really it for small forward. So, let's move on to shooting guard. Donald Mitchell's a 9-7. Um... I know he played absolutely unbelievable, right? Went for 51, 7, and 4. I just think Denver's got to adjust. Like, they have to adjust defensively to, to the pick and roll. Like, watching that game, if you guys watched it, it was just crazy. They could not defend it. It was just a simple pick and roll every time, and Denver could not defend it. Um, he makes for an interesting contrarian play. Even after the big game, he's not going to be high-owned. And not someone that, I'm a one-lineup guy, I'm probably not going to get to him. Like, I'm going to play Luka over him if Porzingis is out. I would probably play one of those 
uh, Clippers forwards over Mitchell. I would probably get to Jokic over Mitchell. So I'm probably going to pass on him. The ownership will still be low. So if you want to go for a low-owned play and, and hope you know Denver continues to not adjust defensively, then go for it. But almost paying 10K for Mitchell just doesn't seem right. Lou Williams at 6'4". Um, shooting guard is super, super thin on the slate. Now, he went for 50. A um, little bit tilting because I played him the previous game, and he got limited to 26 minutes, only 23 fancy points. I don't play him. He goes for 50. That's DFS for you. But shooting guard, again, like I mentioned, on this two-game slate is super, super thin. The minutes will be somewhere from like 25 to 32 minutes. Obviously, if he hits that higher end, it's a lot better for him. And the upside is there. We saw it the last game. The ownership will jump, but there's not a lot of plays for shooting guard on the slate. So I think for that reason alone, Lou Williams is going to be popular, uh, right? Because THJ, I would rather get to Lou Williams firstly. Clarkson at 5'2 is viable. Like, not a lot of people will play him. He's got to shoot the ball well. He shot the ball 9 of 13, still only put 28 fancy points. Like, I would just rather get to, to Lou Williams for a little bit more. And then we have a guy like Seth Curry at 4'6". Uh, if Porzingis is out, I think it would be viable. Played 31 Mets. Uh, the issue with him is, look at the stat line, right? He's not going to do a whole lot besides score the ball. So the floor is somewhat low if he's not knocking down his shots. But if Porzingis is out, there's a whole lot of usage to go around. So would be a viable would be a viable uh, punt if Porzingis is not active. Now, Gary Harris, this changes actually a lot of things. He is questionable. If he plays, that takes a hit to a guy like Monte Moore. So probably make him not playable. Um, and then maybe lose a few minutes for guys like Jeremy Grant and Paul Millsap. Um, if he plays and is not going to be limited 3-9 and starts, I think he'd be a viable punt. Uh, Gary Harris is a guy that is a scoring-dependent guard, but if the minutes would be there, I think he's at least worth consideration. Now, if he's out then that kind of solidifies all the starters in their minutes. So this is a big piece of news to keep an eye on. Obviously, Porzingis news is, is you know more important. But Gary Harris news does change a lot of things. Like It completely affects you know whether or not I would get to Monte Morris as a value player or not. J.J. Bray, I think, played a few minutes. Yeah, five minutes, but not enough for me to consider him. DeLon Wright, the same thing, only played nine minutes. It's not enough for, for me to consider uh, and that's it for shooting guards. So like I said, it is really, really thin at shooting guard. Finally, point guard. I mentioned Luca. I mentioned Mitchell. Jamal Murray's at AK. He was a guy I was all over last slate. Went for 43 minutes and 82 fancy points. Denver ran an eight-man rotation, and the starters played enormous minutes. So sure, the price went up. But if we're going to get 40-plus minutes out of Jamal Murray, I think he looks really, really solid. Now, the ownership is going to be a lot higher on him, right? I mentioned liking him the last night because I knew he was going to be low-owned. After back-to-back blowouts, people just box score watch. They saw the 22, they saw the 31 fancy points, and they avoided him. I got Jamal Murray at under 7K, and he goes for, he was 25% owned. He goes for 80-plus fancy points, right? It's just people will box score watch. Now you're not going to get him low-owned. Even on this slate, right, I think Luke will be popular. I think one of those Clippers guys will be popular, probably Kawhi. And then I think Jamal Murray will eat up a good amount of ownership. So it's a tricky one. Um, I still like him at 8K. I think he will get a good amount of ownership, but I do like him. Conley's at 6-7. This is a tricky one. Uh, Has been shooting the ball really, really well. 9-13, 8-13. I don't know if he continues to shoot that well. 
And he is, you know, kind of taking a backseat offensively with Donovan Mitchell. So, like, I would just rather get to Jamal Murray for an extra 1000 1300 right? Because the upside is just enormous on Jamal Murray. We've seen it in two of the four games so far in the season. Whereas Conley, I don't think he's a guy that can break the slate. I don't think he goes for 50-plus. I think his range of outcomes is probably, like, 25 to 40-ish, right? I think he's a good, safe play, but... I don't know if he's going to win me a GPP. So if you're playing cash games, I'm fine with Conley. I don't know if he has that type of winning upside in GPPs. Trey Burke is one of those guys that has that type of upside. Uh, like he would be the direct beneficiary, I think, the direct value play if Porzingis is out. Now we shot the ball 10 of 14. We probably don't get that again. But if we get 30 plus minutes out of Trey Burke, I think he's very, very much in play for value and would obviously get a huge boost with no Porzingis. Him and Seth Curry are, are somewhat similar. Um, you know, both are a little bit score independent just because Luka has the ball in his hands so much. So like the assist numbers are just going to Luka. So that's why there's not a lot of assists for these other guys. So yeah, Burke, Seth Curry are two guys I would for sure look to if Porzingis is out. Um, I think Burke will be higher owned after that most recent game, but you could look to Curry as a pivot, right? Because he will be be low Rowan than Trey Burke, for sure. And then Monte Morris at 4K. I think he would look really, really good as a value play if there's no Gary Harris. He started, played 36 minutes. Now, sure, wasn't great in that time, but we're not going to get that massive game from Jamal Murray again, most likely. Like, I think the usage gets spread out a little bit more. I got Monte Morris has been solid off the bench. He wasn't great starting, but the minutes were there, and he's 4K. So if Gary Harris is out and Monte Morris starts and plays 35 minutes again, I think he's a really, really solid value play. Finally, Reggie Jackson, yeah, him, Shamit, will we'll get like 20, 25-ish minutes. Reggie played 28 the last game. I think they're both viable punts. If you're going to make me pick, I might go Reggie because I think he is the better offensive player compared to Shamit, but they're very similar plays. Pat Beverly is um, yeah, unlikely to play. If he does play, that would obviously take Reggie and Shamit out of play. If he's out, Shamit and Reggie Jackson are viable punts. And that really does it for, for the two-game slate. Not a whole lot to talk about, obviously. Um, the big news is Porzingis changes everything. If Porzingis is out, I'm probably going to play Luka. And then, you know, those two bigs become very viable. Like, Trey Burke, Seth Curry get a huge boost. If Porzingis plays, then I think there is merit to fade Luka because he's going to be so, so high-owned. With the Clippers forwards, you have Kawhi, Paul George. Obviously, Kawhi is going to be way higher-owned. He's been way better. Are you willing to take the risk with Paul George? He's going to be low-owned, and I hope he has a better shooting day. Um, right, so there's diff- there's ways to get different. Uh, it's a two-game slate. I know I talk about this slate mostly in GPP terms, but I wouldn't really recommend playing cash on a two-game slate. Um, now, I will be live-streaming. It is uh, you know a later slate. Not It's going to be weird not having basketball all day. Uh, but yeah, I'll be live 30 minutes before lock, even for a two-game slate. So what we'll do is we'll go. I'll go over all the news. I'll give you guys, you know, GPP plays. I can talk cash plays too if you're playing cash games, um, and then I can answer any questions you guys have at the end. So um, thanks again for everyone to come and check out the video. I really do appreciate it, guys, and I will see you all tomorrow in the live stream.